Welcome to Race Wife Unfiltered. This weekly podcast is hosted by Rachel Thornhill, who speaks about her life as a race wife and also talks to other women in the racing industry about their left turns, spin outs, and wrecks on this racetrack we call life. Welcome back to Race Wife Unfiltered. I am your host, Rachel Thornhill. And today we're going to talk about a female driver. Um, She is no longer a driver. Uh, She did end up retiring. But um, she has been in so many different series. And so I really wanted to talk to her, talk about her life and her story. Um, And I'm sure some of you, especially if you um, are uh, a part of the dirt racing world, probably know who I'm talking about. Um, She definitely has made, uh, I mean, a big name for herself um, in the motorsports industry. And today we're going to talk about Erin Crocker or Erin Evernham, um, however you want to name her. I mean, obviously, Evernham is her married last name, but Erin Crocker is what most people know her by. Um, and so that is who we're going to talk about today. So Erin Mary Crocker Evernham. Okay, guys, she was a, obviously, she was a former race car driver, but she was in multiple series. So she obviously was in dirt, at first. So she was in um the World of Outlaws. She also raced in the NASCAR Bush series. Now, of course, guys, this is we are going back some some time back when some of these NASCAR um series had totally different names. So the NASCAR Bush series is now the NASCAR Xfinity series. And then she was also in the ARCA Remax series, which is now the ARCA Menard series. Um, so, and like I said, she was in the World of Outlaws driving a sprint car as well. So um, throughout her career, she won multiple races. And obviously she's garnered the respect of the racing community. I mean, you know, most people know who she is. So we're going to take, you know, a look at her life you know, her career and the legacy, the legacy that she has left behind. So Aaron was born March 23rd, 1981 in Will Bram. I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Will Bram, Massachusetts. So she grew up being an athlete already, but she did various sports, you know, as a, as a kid, she did soccer, softball, basketball, but obviously her love for racing is what led her to pursue her career in motorsports. So she started racing go-karts at a really young age, and obviously she was really good at what she was doing. So she had a lot of promise and was moving up, you know, through the ranks. So in 2002 is when she made her debut in the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series. And she became the very first female driver to compete full-time in the series. And I'll be honest, guys, 
I um, have been following the World of Outlaws for quite some time. Um, I've gone to many of the World of Outlaws races, but I'll be honest, there's no other female drivers um, right now. Um, And I have not, and when I say I've been, I've been keeping up with like the World of Outlaws for the past, I would say the past 17 years, and there hasn't been a female since. So, I mean, you're talking about Aaron was pretty much the only one that could do it. She was the only one that ran full time with them and was the only one till this day. There still aren't any women that run full time with the World of Outlaws sprint cars. So, I mean, that's a huge, you know, accomplishment within itself. So she went on to win three races in her rookie season. And obviously her success caught the attention of Ray Evernham. Um, who was uh, a car owner at that time. And obviously, um, you know, later on down the line becomes her husband as well. So um, in 2004, she ended up um, making her debut in the NASCAR Bush series. So, and she drove for Ray. She drove for Evernham Motorsports. Um, Now, She did end up facing some criticism and skepticism, you know, from the racing community. Um, And she really felt that she needed to prove herself to be a talented driver. But I mean, obviously, she was good at what she does because she earned two top 10 finishes in her rookie season, which is really good, you know, for a NASCAR driver um, just starting out. Somebody that's never raced in the series and she's coming from dirt. You got to remember that, too. So she, you know, this is a totally different thing from them running on asphalt. So, I mean, that's really impressive. She continued to race in the Bush series for the next two years. So until 2008. And then um, she, which, I mean, she ended up having a total of seven top 10 finishes. So, I mean, that's, that's amazing for, um, because, I mean, she ran, she ran three years, um, you know, so to have that many top 10 finishes in three years is extremely, you know, is an extremely great accomplishment. So, however, though, her NASCAR career was cut short um, due to lack of sponsorship and funding. And so she continued to race, um, but in other, you know, in other series. So she moved to the ARCA Remax series at that time where she won two races in 2007 but she ended up eventually retiring from racing um in 2011 um to focus on her family and other ventures that she had going on so i mean so the thing is i mean she's she still does things now today guys like yeah she might not be um she might not be an actual she might not be racing anymore but she is still a, she's a successful businesswoman. She she's a mother, you know, and obviously being a mom, you know, that takes a lot of your time too. So, I mean, she probably felt like she needed to take care of her family and you know, family came first and so she couldn't do as much. And so getting out of the race car was probably a choice that she felt that she needed to make. But she continues to stay involved in motorsports though because like she's she does commentating. She's also an analyst, sometimes on various racing broadcasts. She also currently right now is a um, 
podcaster. She is the co-host of MRN's Wing Nation with Steve Post. Um, and so you can listen to her uh, on that podcast that they do. Um, or, yeah. So, um, and then also, you know, she she uses her platform to advocate for, advocate for various causes. So, you know, she's really big into animal welfare and breast cancer awareness. And I mean, to be honest, guys, like she was one of the female driver for few female dri- drivers in this sport, which is male dom- dominated. And she broke down barriers. And obviously she's a major inspiration to a lot of the female racers that we have out there today, especially in the dirt, um, in the dirt scene, because I mean, she was the only woman that ran full time with the world of outlaws. And, you know, and that's a huge thing. I mean, cause let's be real. Pretty much for the dirt world, world of outlaws is our NASCAR, right? Um, you know, because you've got NASCAR for the asphalt side, you've got F1 as well, and you've got Indy, right? But on the dirt side, it's pretty much world of outlaws. That is like our NASCAR. And the fact that Aaron was able to do what she did, um, the legacy that she built um, is one of the main reasons why we have so many women that are actually getting into dirt racing. She is one of the, she's literally one of the pioneers. Um, you know, we, we, you don't have as many women on the dirt side that did a lot, um, you know, and to pave the way, like you just don't have as many that are talked about. Um, you know, you hear about it in, in HRA, you hear it in um, in NASCAR. You hear about all of those, um, but you don't really hear about the dirt side. And Aaron was one of those was one of those women that paved that way for the women that are getting into dirt racing now. Um, and she showed obviously how that it can be done. You know that that we're just like the women on that side are just as good as the men, if not better sometimes. And uh, she showed that even though her career was short lived, her impact on race on racing is undeniable. I mean, you know, she was a trailblazer, you know, she paved the way for future generations. And I mean, she, her legacy serves as a reminder of the importance of obviously perseverance determination and breaking down barriers. Like pretty much she knew that she was going to do it, you know, no matter what. And even though a lot, there was a lot of things that she had to face. And we're we're talking about guys, this wasn't that long ago. We're talking about 2002, 2004, you know, we're not, we're talking about, you know, what, 20, not even 20 years ago. Um, when, you know, when she entered into the, NASCAR series. Um, it, yeah, like it's crazy, but it, within this, the past 20 years or so that she still had to deal with criticism and skepticism of the racing community because she was the woman. Um, and you know, you didn't have at that time, you didn't really have any women in NASCAR in 2004. Like, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a big thing. Like, you didn't have a ton of women in NASCAR. I mean, now you're starting to see more women coming in NASCAR than what we've had in the past. 
But even so, I mean, you don't have a ton. Um, you you have, you know, a handful um, and that's it. And that that's the thing because because of that, because women in motorsports is still a very minute amount of women. They sometimes get treated, you know, differently by the racing community. And she had to deal with that, but she proved them wrong. And that's exactly what what we need to do, right? Is that women in motorsports need to prove these people wrong. Like women are capable and deserve to have that spot on that track with all the men that are out there. Like there's no reason that women should be excluded from motorsports whatsoever. And Aaron was one of those women that paved the way. And I, and to be honest, guys, like I, I was so excited to talk about Aaron because of the fact that I knew that she was such a big inspiration for women in the dirt side of motorsports. And I'm sure there are some, you know, there are some women in NASCAR as well that, um, that looked up to her too, but for the dirt side, just the things that she did and that she still holds that record of being like, you know, the woman to compete full time in the series. Like we haven't had a woman compete full time in the world of outlaws sprint car series since then. Um, now, now guys, y'all can fact check me. If you do see something, about that, let me know. But I'm being honest; I haven't found anything about any other women r- racing in the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series full time. And like I said, I've been to many. I've been to quite a few um, World of Outlaws races, and my husband and I we follow the series. And I'll be honest; I've ne- I haven't seen a woman. But that doesn't mean that no women run with them. But as a full time competitor have not seen one um, since Aaron did it back in 2002. So, and, and this would have been before I even got into uh, racing because I didn't start getting into racing until 2005, 2006. So that, like I said, this would have been before me, like before I even got into racing. Um, So, and to be honest, my husband actually remembers that he, he told me, um, about, about that. And then also, you know, she, um, she also holds, um, a record with the Knoxville nationals. She was the first woman to qualify at the Knoxville nationals. And for all our, all my dirt people, y'all know how big the Knoxville nationals is like that is, um, I guess the best way to explain it is like the dirt, version of Daytona, maybe like that would probably be the closest comparison, I guess. Um, kind of like the Daytona 500, but the Knoxville nationals would be, I think would be that, that caliber. I'm guessing, um, it's, it's really hard to explain if you've never, if you've never been to a dirt race or you've never been within the dirt racing community. Um, 
how to compare it. But I would probably say that's probably the closest is like the Daytona 500. Like the Knoxville Nationals would probably be like on that same um, on that same level. But I'll be honest, guys, I've never been to Knoxville at all. And I want to so bad. I want to go to Knoxville because I, you know, I just hear so many amazing stories from people about the Knoxville Nationals and just Knoxville in general. Um, you know, the track itself that I would love to go. It's definitely a bucket list thing for me. But yeah, she was the first woman ever to qualify for the Knoxville Nationals on top of the fact that she was the first female to drive full-time in the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series. So this woman has done everything (laughs) in my mind, you know, on the dirt side. Like, that is literally, like, any sprint car person will tell you. And, like, my, my husband used to race sprint cars. That is, like like the bucket list for sprint car drivers is to go to the Knoxville nationals to compete in the Knoxville nationals and, um, to get into the world of outlaws. And she did both like, and she did it in such a short period of time too. Like, you know, her, I mean, her career lasted from 2002 to 2011. Right. So she, so she raced for, you know, excuse me. So she raced for what, nine years, which, I mean, that's still a long period of time. Don't get me wrong, but nine years professionally. Um, and she did all of this in that span of time. That technically is a short period of time. If you think about it, because she went from the world of outlaws, which first of all, it's hard as hell just to get into the world of outlaws. Like it's not an easy feat. Um, especially, Um, if, you know, you don't have like the, the backing, like the funding and the sponsorships. And to be honest, for a female driver at that time, it would have been hard for her, not saying that she couldn't get the sponsorships, but it would have been harder for her to get the sponsorships and the funding than it would have been for any of the other male drivers. So for her to be able to run full time is an amazing thing because it's so expensive to run with the world of outlaws in the first place that she was able to do that full time. Y'all that costs money. Like that's a lot. It's a lot of money. And that means she had to have the sponsorships to back her up. And so I'm, you know, I'm hoping that I'm, And I wasn't able to find all that information, but I'm hoping that that's what it was, that she had enough sponsorship money um, to be able to hold her for that whole entire season. Um, So, but besides that, moving on to NASCAR and running in NASCAR, you know, whether it was the Bush series or the ARCA series, no matter what, either way, it's still NASCAR. You have to have funding. You have to have sponsorships, right? Because That's the only way for you to be able to afford to be able to run in those things. And um, it's a lot harder if you're trying to bootstrap this. Now, of course, she did have, you know, Ray to back her up as well. But no matter what, you still have to have sponsorship funding. Um, And obviously that that became uh, an issue with the Bush series. And 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 for people that don't that don't know Um, with NASCAR, 
obviously you have kind of like a hierarchy. So you have the cup series, which is the highest, which obviously means they're on TV. It means way more expensive, right? Then you've got the Xfinity series right under it. More TV time, you, you know, not as much TV time as cup, but you still get TV time, which means still it's expensive. Now with ARCA, unfortunately the ARCA series, um, doesn't get as much TV time. Um, it's a lot harder for you to actually watch the races. Like they're not, it's not nationally syndicated like, like, uh, the cup series and the, um, and the Xfinity series are, I should say Xfinity now back then it was called the Bush series, but, um, those, you know, and the truck series, but see, obviously she didn't run in the trucks. Um, but, for the truck series, those three, you know, they get regular, a lot of TV time, but with ARCA, a lot of times those races are not on the same channels as, um, as the cup, the Xfinity and the truck series are ARCA tends to be on channels on, on a totally different day, you know, not on Saturday and Sunday, like, you know, on Fox or, or NBC or, or on, you know, Fox sports one, whatever it, they, t- it tends to be like on a, on another channel that most people are not watching at that time. So unfortunately, ARCA gets lower viewership than the other three. Um, and so it, it's, um, so, and which I don't like that because honestly, I feel Arca should get as much viewership as possible because of the fact that Arca is pretty much the development, right? That's where those those men and women are going to eventually move up into like the trucks or the Xfinity series or Cup, but they start in Arca. But if they're not really getting the viewership, right, um, it makes it harder. Uh, for example, like Haley Deegan, she came from ARCA. She was in the ARCA series and then moved up to Xfinity. And then now she's in the truck series. Um, you know, but then you also have other ones like you have the wheel and se- the NASCAR wheel and series. That's where Tony um, Bradinger came from. She she was in the wheel and series and then moved up into the Xfinity series. So the thing is, it's a development series. ARCA has young people in there. Like they even have some drivers that are like not even 18 years old. Like some of them are like, you know, like 17, 16. Like they have some that are really young in ARCA. Um, And so, you know, that's for them to be able to build their skills. And unfortunately, they don't really get much TV time. Um, and And I don't like that for them. But... For for Aaron, I mean, sure, she didn't. I mean, you know, nine years is st- to me nine years is still a long time. I know that some people would be like, "Oh, well, that's a really short racing career." But the thing is, she raced f- since she was a child too, so I count that as well. Even though it wasn't professionally, I mean, it's just that in like in two thousand two on to 2011, those were professional races, but she still raced for a long time because she had to build up to there. Right. I mean, cause she started in go-karts, right? So, 
go, you had to, she had to build up to sprint car and then, you know, move to the NASCAR series and into a stock car. So, I mean, to me, she still ran a long time. She had an amazing career, even though it might've been nine years, she still, she did, still did more stuff than what most people would do in, in their whole entire careers of racing. I mean, the, the things that this woman did, a lot of people don't even get that opportunity, even if they've raced for 10, 20 plus years. So to me, it doesn't matter how long her, um, how long her career was. She still left a major impact on this industry and no one's going to forget that. And to be honest, like, Y'all, I'm, you know, I normally don't, (laughs) I mean, I'm going to promote Wing Nation, you know, right now. Go listen to Aaron and Steve Post. Like, go listen to Winged Nation whenever you can. Because then you'll be able to really hear Aaron speak, like, about what she loved. I mean, obviously, you can tell that she still loves the racing community and she loves just racing period because you can just tell by the, by the way she talks, you know, I mean, even though she's no longer a driver, she's still immersed in it. Right. In some way. Um, and I've heard this from other drivers, you know, experienced experienced drivers that eventually leave, um, you know, like they, they either, get just completely get out the car or unfortunately due to injury, they have to get out of the car. But that drive for the motorsports community never goes away. Now it is very hard for them to be a spectator. <laughs> um, my husband has that problem right now. Um, obviously, um, if you guys listened to the previous episode, um, Audrey worm, who was a, who is a NHRA, a top fuel dragster driver right now, you know, due to maternity reasons, because she just had, you know, she just had her baby. Not it hasn't even been a year yet. Um, she kind of goes through the same thing too, where she, you know, she even mentioned that in the in the podcast uh, that it's hard for her to be a spectator. Uh, or even watch it on TV because she feel she has that feeling of missing out, right? FOMO. Um, and so I, I totally understand now. Um, my husband even told me that quite a few times, but I never really understood it because obviously I'm not a racer, so I don't know what that's like. But um, seeing him, like when we would go to like the world of outlaws races and stuff, because obviously he used to drive a sprint car before he drove a late model and I could see it. Like I could see his physical, like, like how it was physically affecting him because he was like, I mean, he looked like a nervous wreck the whole entire time he was sitting in his seat. And I get So I get it now. Like I totally understand, but if, they're still involved in some way. I'm sure it helps. Um, and maybe for Erin, this is her way of being able to still be involved in the motorsports industry, you know, by doing uh, Wing Nation and obviously, you know, any other things related to motorsports that she can do. I'm sure that that still keeps her immersed in the racing community and it kind of helps with that itch maybe. Um, I don't know if she gets that or not. 
Um, if she does, you know, I totally get it. If not, you know, then, then she doesn't, but guys, um, definitely go check that out. Wing nation. It is MRN. Um, they're, they're the ones that, uh, that produce that podcast. Um, and like I said, she, she is one of the co-hosts. The other co the other co-host is Steve Post. Uh, so definitely go check that out. If you got, when you guys have a chance and, um, yeah, guys, um, definitely, um, if you guys see Aaron like on social media, anything like that, follow her, you know, like definitely see what she's doing. Um, cause obviously, you know, she's still, she's still around, you know, it's not like she, it's not like she retired and just like, you know, just completely fell out of the racing community. She still does a lot. Um, and to me that that's a huge thing that she never left the racing community behind. And she's still a major advocate for women as well in motorsports, just like myself. And so I think that's kind of like how I relate to her. And also just knowing the type of career that she's had over, you know, over the year years um, is a huge contribution to the motorsports community. And, um, and it definitely will not be forgotten. All right, guys, that was it. Thank you so much for staying to listen to my story about Aaron Crocker <clears throat> Evernham. And um, guys, like I like I mentioned, go listen to her on Wing Nation. Uh, you will definitely not um, um some stories and um and it'll kind of like give you more insight on what all of that is about. Because I mean, it's very hard to explain to people that have never experienced being around sprint cars or experienced anything on dirt. (laughs) Um, but I will, but as somebody that has been around dirt for 18 years, okay. You know, I've seen everything go karts, modified late models, sprint cars, all of it. Uh, I've seen midgets too. Um, honestly, that was something that my husband's always wanted to race, but he's never had the chance to do. And also we don't, we don't have the, the midgets don't run here. Um, the closest would be Texas, but, um, dirt racing is something that honestly, I would love everyone to experience at least one time because, it's some of the best racing you will ever see. And and look, I'm not knocking NASCAR. I'm not knocking F1. I'm not knocking any of the asphalt racers, period. Because what they do is extremely impressive too, all right? Trust me, there's room for all. But dirt racing is just a totally different experience. It's on a totally different level. And I'll be honest, it, it's some of the most fun you will ever have going to a dirt track race. It's honestly, I feel it's a lot more intense, um, as a spectator compared to like going to a NASCAR race or anything like that. Um, because also, I mean, it's funny, but getting dirt thrown in your face by 
you know, by them flying by. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's something about it. Like, it's so much fun. Um, and so if you ha- if you don't leave a dirt track without dirt being everywhere on you, and when I say everywhere and you're still, like, cleaning dirt off of you for days because you're just finding random dirt everywhere, like, you haven't lived, okay? So... Yeah, I definitely recommend check out Winged Nation. Um, And guys, um, I mean, thank you for tuning in every week. Um, Like I said, I'm here every Thursday. Um, You can find us on Apple Podcasts and also on Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, CastBox. Gosh, guys, like pretty much anywhere you can find um, our podcast, it's there. So definitely, you know, subscribe to us, follow us, rate, review, all those things. I definitely want to hear from you guys. Any guests that you would, you would like me to have, um, you know, I do have some guests currently being lined up. Um, and so I will definitely see you guys next week. Take care.